Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, May 23, 2021. We have a great number of listeners, downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. We have a very special episode for this Sunday because it is the birthday of our very beloved Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Happy birthday, Mons! And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Good morning to all of you. Good morning to all your dear families, close relatives, and chosen friends. Good morning to you on this third Friday of May. In this month of May, by the way, we are celebrating the Novena and the Fiesta of St. Joseph the third fiesta of St. Joseph this May. Remember, May 1, St. Joseph the Worker. May 8, St. Joseph the Husband of Mary. And now, St. Joseph the Patriarch of the Church. So we are on this day, Friday, looking forward to Sunday, the 23rd of May. By the way, all the Easter Sundays are gone. All the Easter weekdays are gone. So we are now entering into the last week of Easter, the eighth Sunday of Easter which happens to be the very day on which the whole Catholic world celebrates the third glorious mystery, the descent of the Holy Spirit. This is a very good feast for us to understand so that we may be spirited, full of spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. But before anything else, before I ask uh, Sister Gillian to read for us the Gospel, by the way, all the readings for next Sunday, the first, the second, and the Gospel, cycle A, B, or C, are all the same. So the Gospel, which we are about to study, it's taken from St. John, chapter 20, 19 to 23. So before anything else, let us pray. God, our Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read your word with faith, Reflect on it with hope 
and realize it with love. Following the example of Jesus Christ, your son, from whom we find uh, freedom, fulfillment, and the future with you forever. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we open our own uh, Bible copies as we kindly request Gillian to read for us the Gospel for next Sunday, God willing. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth that proceeds from the Father, he will testify to me. And you also testify, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have much to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and I declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Thank you, Gillian, just the same, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you that even if next week it's the eighth Sunday of Easter, we are reading for the Pentecost Sunday, the first, second, and the third reading are of the descent of the Holy Spirit, not of the eighth Sunday of Easter. Sister Gillian has read that gospel, but actually the gospel we are about to study is chapter 20, 19 to 23, which has been read, by the way, last Easter, when Jesus, after his resurrection on the very same day, he appeared to the apostles, and precisely he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit because this is what we are now trying to understand, the descent of the Holy Spirit. We are told by the Gospel that there are several times that the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles, on the disciples, and on us today. We must, first of all, understand because the Acts of the Apostles also speaks about the descent of the Holy Spirit 
on Pentecost Sunday. And now St. John says that the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles on Easter Sunday. What exactly happened? Let us first understand that the Jews, at least every Jewish male was bound to go to Jerusalem and pray at the temple on three occasions, on three great festivals. The Passover, the Tabernacles, and the Pentecost. These are three great feasts that every Jewish male had was obliged to observe. Let's go straight to the Pentecost. Penta, by the way, is five or fifty or five hundred. That's why we have Penta Tiok, the first five books of the Bible. We have Pentagon, five angles, five rooms, five departments of the United States Agency. Pentakasi, we have five fighting cocks fighting each other inside uh, Basungan. Pentecost was therefore the 50th day or the 50th year. But Pentecost meant, first of all, the Jews were observing the first Pentecost, the first 50 year days after plantation to celebrate the production already, the harvesting of the grain. So the first Pentecost, the first 50th day was called the Harvest Festival. A day of thanksgiving because God has uh, given them a fertile soil, rain and shine, and so they have produced good fruits. A thanksgiving day and a day of joy, rejoicing. Later on, the Jews commemorated the 50th day after their exodus from Egypt when Moses on that 50th day went up the mountain to receive, to be given and to receive the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. So on those feasts which were observed every year, the Jews were gathered in the, must be one of the rooms in the up last supper, the apostles and one, 120 disciples we are told, were gathered there. And on that occasion of the Pentecost as Harvest Festival or as uh, the New Covenant giving to Moses, 
the Holy Spirit descended on them with noticeable signs. The Holy Spirit descended as wind, blowing wind, and as fire in uh, parted in tongues. Both signs were symbolic. The wind symbolizes the Holy Spirit that blows us anywhere, anywhere. We do not see it, but it's there. Then secondly, as fire, because the fire we have seen many times separates the genuine from the fake. The fire also makes things hot, excited. So there you have the descent of the Holy Spirit, as according to John, on the very day of the resurrection. And according to St. Luke, in his Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, on Pentecost Sunday. So this is better known as the descent of the Holy Spirit, which happened on a Pentecost Sunday. Now, Pentecost, as we have seen, means five days or five years. And so our Pentecost this year is 50 days after Easter Sunday. So we have, so our explanation should really be centered on the descent of the Holy Spirit that happened on a Pentecost. And we also think that it is happening to us on the 50th day after the day of the resurrection Easter Sunday. Don't let us go far. Let us immediately go inside our churches and as domestic church or as a parochial church, let us listen to what we hear at Mass because I for one believe that it is during Mass that we are reminded most productively of the meanings of the descent of the Holy Spirit. Because I tell you, according to the New Testament, the Holy Spirit descended several times on several people. In the Acts of the Apostles, you will read that the Holy Spirit descended on the Samaritans. And in the same Acts of the Apostles, you read that the Holy Spirit descended on the Gentiles. So we have the Holy Spirit descending on Jews to become Christians. We have Samaritans to become Christians. And we have Gentiles to become Christians. Now how about us? When does the Holy Spirit descend on us? Precisely, let us situate ourselves at Mass. Why do we stand up to start off the Mass when we hear the celebrant 
saying, and he alone says it, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We cross ourselves because we know that by his passion on the cross, Christ redeemed us. But why in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit? Because that is the formula that Jesus himself gave to his apostles when he told them to go forth, make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So that first statement of the celebrant that we, the assembly, the congregation, the community hears, is a great reminder for all of us that we have been baptized. That during baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit that brings to us his seven gifts. It is at baptism, therefore, that we are given and that we have received those gifts. But then, immediately after, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we are reminded by Saint Paul when the celebrant recites the verse by Saint Paul, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So aside from being marked with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, aside from being stamped with the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, aside from being identified as His, that we belong to the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, as created by the Father, as redeemed by the Son, and as sanctified by the Holy Spirit, we now are reminded that we must be a community, a communion by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, inside the Mass you will hear it say, Father, remember your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity together with Francis, our Pope, Hosea, our Bishop, and all the clergy. And Father, look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and grant her peace and unity. Peace and unity is what we need when we are descended upon by the Holy Spirit. And more so when we say, by partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we are gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit that unites us. It's the Holy Spirit that makes us 
one assembly, one congregation, one community, communion. And therefore, if we follow the second reading according to St. Paul to the Corinthians, we are gifted with many different assignments, with many different talents, very different tasks, but we differ in tasks, but coming as they are from the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, we are united to each other, not only to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but to one another. So this is it. At baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit, and more so when we are confirmed. When we receive the sacrament of confirmation, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I repeat, there are initially seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Understanding, wisdom and understanding, counsel and fortitude, knowledge and piety, and fear of the Lord. Seven gifts of the Holy Spirit and therefore, when the priest, the celebrant, says the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you, since the Holy Spirit is already in us as baptized persons, we must behave accordingly. We must be aware. That's why at Mass, we are reminded not only that we have been baptized, but also that we have been confirmed. We should never, therefore, miss that portion of the Mass. We should never be late. That's what I meant. We should be hurrying up so that at the very beginning of the Mass, we be reminded of these two sacraments, baptism and confirmation. There are, of course, some people who would like to replay, to mimic, to copy what happened on that Pentecost when the apostles were speaking in different tongues. <coughs> as far as I could understand from what I have been told, the apostles were speaking in their native languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, or Greek. And the disciples coming from foreign countries who did not understand those native languages of the apostles, it's the Holy Spirit that effective, effected an understanding of what the apostles were saying, in other words. It was a miracle of hearing on the part of the listeners more than a, a miracle of speaking on the part of the apostles. Because the purpose of those signs, the wind and the fire and the gift of tongues was 
to unite the people because the mission was only one. The ministry was only one. And the message was only one. And so the purpose of the gifts of the Holy Spirit was to unify, to make one assembly, one congregation, one community of love and life. That is what we are now trying to do. We are trying our best that we be one even among us Catholics, even among us Christians. And now with the Missio Ogentes on the occasion of the 500th year of our Christianity in the Philippines, this is now the great challenge for us. How can we be speaking to others that they may understand the one message of Jesus Christ? This is now our task. This is the need of the hour that we should, at starting at home and in the domestic church, we should try to make ourselves aware that we have been baptized and therefore should behave accordingly, that we have been confirmed and therefore to behave accordingly as creatures of the Father, as redeemed by the Son and as sanctified by the Holy Spirit. By the way, next Sunday after this Sunday, we will have the Feast of the Holy Trinity and we will explain why the three of them work together but by attribution we attribute to the Father creation, we attribute to the Son redemption and we attribute to the Holy Spirit sanctification. But the main concern of the church on this Sunday, the descent of the Holy Spirit, is to make us all aware, conscious, and therefore actively participate in the using, because these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit must be used so that they bear those twelve fruits of the Holy Spirit. We must therefore not only be excited as Easter people, we must also be spirited as baptized and confirmed persons. This is what has happened in the church. We have the Vatican II, we had all the festivals, the Eucharistic Congresses, etc. Meaning to challenge us all to come out more loving and living, more spirited and excited. So this is for me enough for us to understand the feast next Sunday, May 23, is the feast of the descent of the Holy Spirit on the occasion of their Pentecost. So we may also call our feast of the descent of the Holy Spirit Pentecost 
because it's the 50th day after we celebrated this Sunday of the resurrection of the Lord. So this is it. I hope we can clarify this with your reflections and with your questions. Just realize, be convinced that the Holy Spirit has descended on us in this world several times. So we have no doubt at all that He is descending on us also. And I say this with legitimate pride, especially at Mass, at the Mass, at the whole liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. Remember, Jesus has said, he who hears my words and uh, puts them into practice remains in me and I in him, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And when he also says, he eats my flesh and drinks my blood, <coughs> lives in me and I in him, with the Father and the Son. So the three of them all the time. So I hope you are typing your questions and your reflections so that we may have the opportunity to make some clarifications of what we have so far said and done. So here I pause for your reflections and questions. First question, Monsignor. Hi, Monsignor. Thank you for your effort to study with us the glorious mystery, the descent, the descent of the Holy Spirit. May I ask if you can explain to us the gift of wisdom and understanding? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I have just cited the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit by twos. Wisdom and understanding, counsel and fortitude, knowledge and piety and fear of the Lord. You are asking for the meanings of wisdom and understanding. The gift of, of wisdom is a great help for us to see that this world this world which God has created is only a stepping stone, a temporary place for us to go up to our lasting true home, heaven. That is how the gift of wisdom helps us to see that everything here is passing, is passing temporary. Our lasting, everlasting life is in heaven. Remember the five wise virgins. They were called wise precisely because they knew 
not only the bridegroom who has all the rights to come at any time, but also themselves, how they should be prepared to meet the bridegroom. That their lighting the lamps with the extra oil was necessary to meet the bridegroom when he comes. That being, that's being wise. Understanding is a help from the Holy Spirit to gain an insight into the mysteries of our Lord Jesus. The joyful mysteries, the luminous mysteries, the sorrowful mysteries, and the glorious mysteries. And the ability to teach them to others. That's understanding. So wisdom and understanding are the two first gifts out of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, Monsignor. What can you say about the charismatic movement? I cannot say much about it because I have never been a member of the movement. I only know that the charismatic movement called the Catholic Renewal started in the United States only on February 1967 in a Catholic university where the, some students and faculty members gathered together to precisely ask themselves, why is our Holy Mass in Latin and we are all silent, just listening to the celebrant, no action, etc. And so out of their appointment or disappointment with the Catholic Mass, these Catholic students, young and old, decided to introduce action within the Mass, sounds and sights, so that the liturgy would really be liturgy, public work or work in a public at work, liturgy, not lethargic, putting us to sleep, but active. So thanks to that movement, the charismatic movement, there has been activity within the church raising of hands, raising of voices, etc. But then, after so many years, the Pope has given three principles that govern the charismatic movement. First of all, the Pope says, among you there must be love, the presence of love one another and love others, not of your group. In other words, the love that you should experience as charismatics must unite you, not only among yourselves, but with others. It should not divide you, make you different, exclusive to yourselves. The first principle of love. The second principle was the principle of accountability to the proper authority. You must be bound, obligated to bow 
to the magisterium of the church. And thirdly, there must be not only love, not only authority, but tradition. Meaning, the Holy Spirit is not expected to teach you new things. The Holy Spirit will just remind you of all that Jesus has said and done. So those three principles have precisely governed the Catholic charismatic movement. Like any movement, Oxford movement, the Corsillo movement, the Christian family movement, the charismatic movement, all movements are like storms. They just pass by, destroy some, and edifies others. So any movement has advantages and disadvantages. And that's what has happened to the charismatic movement. You may ask further those who have been members of that Catholic charismatic renewal. Another question, Monsignor. How do we discern a good spirit from bad spirit? <laughs> that's precisely a very, very ticklish question. As long as we follow the three principles laid down by the Pope, we are safe. We must remember that the gift that the Holy Spirit has given you as an assignment, as a task, must make you lovable and loving, not only to yourselves as a group, but also to others, without despising those who are not at all charismatic. As long as you bow to the magisterium, as long as you teach what Jesus has taught and not a new teaching by the Holy Spirit. Another question, Monsignor. Why fear of the Lord and not love of the Lord, Monsignor? The seventh gift of the Holy Spirit, the fear of the Lord, is called the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is when you are so concerned with the evil of sin so that you attach yourself more closely to God. This fear of the Lord is also called reverential awe or wonder. When you are wondering how good, great God is, you fear Him in that sense. You fear when you are, for example, you are in love with your parents, you fear them in the sense that you hate to distance themselves from them and differ with them. You always bow to them, honor them for whatever they command you. So fear of the Lord actually is not fear that drives you crazy, no. It's the fear that makes you so consumed by the love of God that precisely you do not sin. You instead make yourself holy. Another question, Monsignor. Good E.M. Monsignor, I have been baptized as an infant and I didn't know what was done to me. My question is, why are infants baptized? <laughs> That's true. The practice now of the church is to baptize infants. Why? Because it is based on the belief 
strong, firm belief of ours that we are conceived with original sin. Only Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, was conceived without original sin. But we, through our parents, we have inherited the original sin of pride and haste committed by Adam and Eve. And so the sooner that original sin is washed out, is taken away, the better. That's why even if the infant does not know what is being done to him or her, baptism therefore is administered and the sponsors precisely speak for the infant. And when the infant comes to his age of reason, then he renews or she renews the baptismal vows. Do you reject Satan? Do you believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? The renewal, therefore, at every Mass, when we say the Nicene Creed, the Apostles' Creed, that is how we renew our baptismal vows which were pronounced by our parents and our sponsors at baptism. So, we should now that we have grown up, we should always be aware of the great privilege that we have been gifted with baptism. That's why I suggest that you should retrieve your certificate of baptism, have them framed and hanged on the wall so that you'll be reminded that you have been baptized and have been gifted with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Another question, Monsignor. Thank you for enlightening us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have many devotion with novenas on Jesus Christ. Hence, we have grown in our understanding, love, and faith on Jesus Christ. Why don't we have novenas or devotion on the Holy Spirit also? Or perhaps more focus also on the third person of the Holy Trinity? Thank you, Monsignor. That's true. We will speak more about that next, next Sunday, Sunday after this Sunday, on the solemn feast of the Holy Trinity. It is true. But remember, at every prayer, we always invoke the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Always the three of them. So, just as we do not need a special, particular feast for God the Father, we have no special prayer to the Holy Spirit except the come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, there is a, a hymn kind of invoking the Holy Spirit in special. But we do have a great feast this coming Sunday, the descent of the Holy Spirit. We should try to make ourselves aware so that we may use productively the gifts of the Holy Spirit in us. Another question, Monsignor. If the Holy Spirit is already with us at baptism, what happened to the Holy Spirit when the baptized commits a mortal sin? 
precisely at every Mass, we are being reminded because, look, the celebrant says, May the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. In Cebuano, we say, Nga ang panaghiusa sa Espiritu Santo. Now, let us look around when we are inside a church. Let us see if we are not distancing ourselves. Let us see if we are united as one assembly, one congregation. No, that's why there is this great reminder. There is great reminder that you are baptized and be therefore united with others. Sit beside each other. Don't divide, don't differentiate yourself from others by staying at the back or at the sides. Even if we are only few and we are now socially distancing ourselves because of COVID-19, let us try to be one in our responses, in our singing at Mass. This is what we need, waking us up. This is a wake-up call for all of us that we have the Holy Spirit in us. Let us be aware of His presence and power and providence. Is the baptism rites of the Catholic Church the only way to be free from original sin? How about the rites of other beliefs? As long as the formula is used based on the belief that there is a Father, there is a Son, and there is a Holy Spirit, any other baptism is not valid as far as we are concerned. So if you have been a member of a church like the Iglesia de Cristo that don't believe that the Son, that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Blessed Trinity, their baptism is not valid for us. If they come to us unconverted, to us, we, they must be baptized again. This is strongly emphasized by the Pope. Our baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit must be Trinitarian in content. So I hope when we are finally allowed to go to church and be seated near each other, that we be one assembly one congregation, one community. The choir should be one to lead the community in one hymn, one singing. And the lectors should also try to proclaim the Old Testament letter of St. Paul and especially the Gospel by the priest so that everyone would be listening to one message. So this is a challenge for us. We pray for unity among ourselves, even at Mass. When we partake, when we eat of the body and blood of Christ, we are supposed to be gathered into one body, mystical body of Christ. He is the head and we are the members of the body. We should feel the way he feels because we are, we are what we eat. So the third glorious mystery is the proper name of next Sunday's Gospel and Feast and Truth 
although it has also been called Pentecost because it's 50 days after Easter. The descent of the Holy Spirit in each one of us, baptized and confirmed. So again I say, and I say it again and again, our devotion to the Holy Spirit is sincere only when grounded on sound doctrine and guided by strict discipline. According to the three principles laid down by the popes, that's how we are guided and grounded in our devotion. So here we pause and we continue, I repeat, to attend the Novena prayers for St. Joseph in Mabolo Parish. Their feast is on, the, on Sunday, I think, the 23rd, the descent of the Holy Spirit. So here we pause with the final blessing and I wish you will all attend again and study with me this Bible, this Gospel study online. The Lord be with you. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, goodbye, and ciao. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's Word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Guillen signing off. Have a blessed Sunday to all and to God be the glory. And a very happy Easter to all. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your hosts, Brother Guillen, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time.